Lord, I want to live for Thee. Every day and every hour. Let your spirit be with us now. In its saving power. Sing, Lord, I want to live for thee. Oh, 
today and then hear my every call. Oh, hear, yeah, yeah, my every call. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, y'all, my. church say amen Amen. from the book of Isaiah Isaiah chapter 40 and we begin our reading with verse 28. And these are the words that we find. Has 
thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faint is not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that hath no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Amen. I want to talk just for a few minutes from this subject. An unwearied God and a wearied man. An unwearied God and a wearied man. Growing up <clears throat> as a child in the 1950s, I used to hear older folk stand up in church and statement that they would make in testimony service was we are living in perilous times. All right. All right. Yes, Seventy years ago, we are living in perilous times. A deacon just opened up a pool hall. We are living in perilous times. A man didn't come home last night to his wife and children. We are living in perilous times. Girls wearing pants. They say we're living in perilous times. Our boys are wearing long hair. We are living in perilous times. But at the end of that testimony, they would always say, but I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm leaning on the Lord. Fast forward now, 70 years. And now we look back on those days and we really long for those days. Are y'all hearing me? What was so bad back then? Yeah, now we look at that and we say if we could just get back to the day. Are y'all hearing me? When the only thing we had to worry about was a boy wearing long hair. All right, all right, all right. A girl wearing Are y'all hearing me? Fast forward 70 years and, and, and now, brothers and sisters, yeah, we, we, we are sure enough living in perilous times. 
there are more guns than there are people in this nation. No longer do we watch the news to see if anybody got shot. Now we watch to see how many got. Y'all ain't hearing me. Some folk break the law and go to prison. Others break the law and run for president. These are perilous times. But for the child of God, our response ought to be the same. I'm trusting in the Lord. Y'all ain't hearing me. Still trusting in the Lord. Why? Because he fainteth not. Neither is he weary. Because he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. He doesn't faint. Neither is he weary. And I don't know how you feel about that, but that brings comfort to me. To know that even in my darkest time, even when things are tough with me, I've got a God watching over me who never gets weary. Are y'all hearing me? Who will not faint. My brothers and sisters, because my father is like that. We grew up, Curtis, me, Milton, my brother Clarence, we grew up and we were sort of known for being mellow children. We, we didn't really get excited about much. We didn't argue. We didn't fuss. We didn't get excited about a lot of stuff. And the reason why was because we kept our eye on our daddy. My God. Come on now. And daddy never got anxious. <laughs> Daddy never showed. He never showed that he was worried about anything. And in our mind, if daddy ain't worried, y'all ain't hearing me. If daddy is not anxious, then there's no need for me to be stressing. And I'm the same way about my God. If God ain't stressing, y'all hearing me? If God, if my heavenly father is not stressing, then there's no need for me to stress. The book of Isaiah is the first among 17 prophetic books in the Old Testament. But as you study, as you study this particular prophet Isaiah, you will find that Isaiah does not fit the mold of most of the prophets we read about in the Bible. If you study this prophet, you will see that while his work and his mission was no different from any other prophet, Isaiah really does not fit the profile that we normally see in Bible prophets. Are y'all hearing me? He really doesn't fit the mold that you normally look for in a prophet. We often, when we look in the Bible and we see prophets, we see men who are struggling. We see people struggling socially. We, we see men who are, yeah, we see prophets who are poorly dressed and they are, they're, most of them are down to their last pair of sandals. 
Many times, yeah, that was just a lot of a Bible prophet. But when we look at Isaiah, it ain't so with Isaiah. Isaiah was different from the rest of the prophets. He, he was the most highly educated of all the prophets. He, he was both intelligent and he was articulate. And, 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 and everything that he wrote, you could tell it was written by somebody who knew what they were doing. With the exception of Daniel. He occupied the most influential position of all the prophets. He was called to minister in a place of high visibility. He was called to minister in a place where he, where he had a lot of influence. We could safely say that, that, that Isaiah was born on the right side of the track. Isaiah was really born almost with a silver spoon in his mouth. He wasn't like the rest of the prophets. Yet, like most of the other prophets, he lived a sadly misunderstood life. And my brothers and sisters, greatness is often followed by misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah, when you're great, when, when, even if it's naturally great, somebody's always looking at you saying, who does he think he is? Who, who does she think she is? As I study the life of Isaiah, as I study his life, I wonder sometimes why he is not used more often in the prosperity movement. I wonder why the prosperity preachers, they don't use him more. He, he would really fit the bill of a prosperity preacher. But the more I study him and the more I understand him, I really feel that realize that he would not fit the Bible model for prosperity movement because although he had health, although he had wealth, although he had influence, his health, his wealth, and his influence was not his major focus. I just said something. He had it, but that wasn't who he was. His focus was not showing the people how to get rich. His focus was to get people to listen to the voice of God. Now, please don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. Please don't, don't go out of here with the wrong message. There's absolutely nothing wrong with prosperity. Isaiah had it. Nothing wrong with having power and influence. Isaiah had it. But in spite of all that he had going for him, he was able to keep the main thing the main thing. Oh, what a, what a disservice we do to a dying world to show them the way to wealth and influence and fail to tell them what thus saith the Lord. What a shame to lead one to economic empowerment while leaving them spiritually destitute. What a shame to teach the name, teach folk to name it and claim it. To blab it and grab it, to call it and haul it, and never tell them where it comes from. 
y'all ain't hearing me the earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein Isaiah's heart and passion was the people of God that the people of God would hear and heed the voice of God one of Isaiah's greatest obstacles at that timing was the timing of his call. The reason, one of the reasons he had such a hard time was he was called during a time that Judah was at its best. He was called at a time when the economy was good. The stock market was up. All of the economic indicators were pointing in the right direction. And my brothers and my sisters, it is during these times of affluence, during these times of, of plenty, that you really get a true sense of just how committed folk are to God. Y'all ain't hearing me. See, it's one thing to hear Somebody sitting under a bridge with no place to call home, singing, if it wasn't for the Lord, tell me what would I do? But will they sing that same song when God brings them out from under the bridge and blesses them with wealth and houses? Are y'all hearing this? But not only... Did, did the success and affluence cause the people to drift away from God? These people in that time, they were given to idolatry. They, God's people, turned their backs on the one true and living God. The one that brought them success, the one that brought them the plenty, and they became infatuated with the poly, poly, polytheistic ways or the polytheistic ways of the pagans. They, they, they watched the pagans, and the pagans had many gods, and they became obsessed with the many gods. They bought into the idea that if one god is good, then three gods got to be better. They bought into the idea that if one God is good, then yeah, fifty got to even even be better. So that 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 the, yeah yeah that they had a God for every occasion. Yeah, they 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 were doing what other folk were doing. Yeah, they had a God for every need that they had. But there was yet another issue, and like like the one we're struggling with in this nation right now. Their wealth and affluence somehow led them to a lack of compassion for those who didn't have what they had. Are y'all hearing me? That's what's going on in this nation. Wealth and influence will cause you and it causes you to, yeah, to look at other folk differently. Somehow, people who have accumulated much have to be careful lest they forget about those who don't have what they have. The cries of the poor and deserted are often ignored in the courts of the powerful. The plea of the hungry 
is often not acknowledged by those who eat at banquet tables. So Isaiah's message to these folk was that you're still poor in spite of the fact that you think you got everything. You're still poor in spite of the fact you got everything that money can buy. Now, now please, please, please don't misread Isaiah's word. He, he indicated, he, 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 he indicted them not, his problem with them is not for having too much, but the problem was they cared too little. Y'all ain't hear me. You see, the rich man in Luke 16 didn't lift his eyes in hell because of what he had. He lifted his eyes in hell because he didn't know how to share what he had. In the parable in Luke 12, the man didn't get his soul snatched because he had a bountiful crop. Yeah, he got his soul snatched because his plan did not include sharing it with somebody else. But it was these attitudes among the people of God that led Jeremiah, God's prophet, to speak out against them. Chapter 5. It is a chapter of warnings. Paraphrase it. He he was warning them in chapter 5. He says, Woe to those who have become so obsessed with the blessings from God that they have no regards for the work of God's hand. But then look at the results. Look at what happens to these high-minded folk. Who have lost sight of their God. Who, yeah, who have lost sight uh, 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 of the God who gave them everything that they had. Chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore my people will go into exile. For lack of understanding. Their men of rank will die of hunger. And their masses will be parched with thirst. And it all happened. It, it, all of it happened. Just like, just like Isaiah told him. Everything, it happened just like Isaiah said. Over time, even while Isaiah was still prophesying, over time, things started falling apart. The economy went bad. Are y'all hearing me? See, God has a way of turning things around. The economy went bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear a little, little is done when, yeah, yeah, when children die of God, of gun violence. And, and, and it's amazing how God has a way of just turning things. Are y'all hearing me? In this nation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying little, little was done when children died of gun violence in rural Texas. But when the same gun violence reached a Christian school in Nashville, are y'all in hearing me? Now we got a movement going. God has a way of turning things around. 
The affluent had their riches stripped away from them, and now they were living like paupers. They were living like the very folk that they despised. But even in the midst of their suffering, even in the midst of the suffering of this nation, in the face of intending doom, impending doom, God's grace begins to peek through. Although the people are down, the people are out, they've been, they feel like they have been abandoned by God. It's almost as if God says to his prophet, I've got their attention now. It's almost like God says to his prophet, I got their attention now. This is a teachable moment. He starts out chapter 4 with, yeah, 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 with what I want you to do now. They, I've got their attention. I want you to comfort my people. Comfort my people. Isn't it amazing? That even after we have messed up, God is still concerned about our comfort. Even as the world seems to move further and further away from God, God is still concerned about the comfort of his people. And here is where I want to get to. Because I believe God is speaking to his people out of the midst of of all of the chaos that we are seeing around us now, in the midst of all of the trouble that's surrounding us right now, every new cycle brings some more trouble. But I believe you, you never know what's going to happen next. But God, through the prophet, reminds us to draw from what we already know. See, while you're worried and while you, 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 are, you, you are worrying yourself over what's going on, yeah, if you really think about it, God has already shown you enough. Yeah. And sometimes all you got to do is draw from what you already know about the Lord. He says, draw from what you already know. Matter of fact, listen at him reminding them, has thou not known? Yeah. <laughs> it's right there in the book. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, these trying times, in these trying times, if we can just draw from what we already know. Are y'all hearing me? If you, if you can just look back over your life and draw from what you already know. Is there anybody here that can look back and just think about what God has already done? But Isaiah does this one thing. He does this thing in three moves. First of all, he points us as we are wearied. He points us to an unwearied God. Y'all ain't hearing me. We may get tired along the way. 
we may get weary along the way. You and I may feel like fainting along the way. But if you look at God, God never gets weary. God never, are y'all hearing me? In other words, no matter what's going on, we can't wear God down. Isaiah says that he fainteth not, neither is he weary. Y'all ain't hearing me. You see, my brothers and my sisters, we faint and we get weary because we are on the clock. Are y'all hearing me? We faint and we get weary because we are working in time. And you and I know that we don't have but just so much time to work things out. But the thing you got to know about God is God has eternity on his side. Y'all ain't hearing me. God is never pressed for time. You and I are working with limited strength. In other words, we wear ourselves down. Physically, we get tired. But the thing you got to understand about my God is God never gets weary. Y'all ain't hearing me. God is omnipotent. That means that he has all power in his hand. But then the second thing Isaiah points out is, although we have an unwearied God, there is a wearied man. Are y'all hearing me? Look at it now. An unwearied God and a wearied man. Read it right out of the book. Even the youth shall grow weary and the young men shall utterly fall. Y'all ain't hearing me. That's why you can't win in a battle with God. You ever tried to battle with God? You can't win because all God has to do is wait you out. Y'all ain't hearing me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Are y'all hearing me? God is unchanged by time. But look at it. Look at it. What time has done to you. Yeah. You got to understand God is not changed by time. Yeah. But when you look in the mirror, yeah, you can't say the same time thing. Yeah. When you look in the mirror, yeah, time is taking a toll. Yeah. Your eyes are growing dim. Steps yeah, are getting short. Every day there is a new ache and a new pain. Yeah. But God never wearies. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. And then, yes, uh, as bad as it sounds, uh, here is our hope. Yeah. Here is what I want to get to. Yeah. Get to the third move. Yeah. That is an unwearied God. 
a weary man. Yeah. But the third move is that of an unwearied God pouring into a wearied man. Yeah. Y'all ain't hearing me. I say an unwearied God who is pouring into a wearied man. Yeah. Let me show it to you. Yeah. He gives power to the faint and to them that had no might. He increases uh, their strength. Uh, a wonderful God, a witness here. Yeah. Is there a witness in the house uh, that jumps uh, when I need him most? Y'all ain't hearing me. Just when I need him most. When I can't take another step. Yeah. A wonderful God, a witness here. Yeah. He will uh, show up. Uh, ever been to the place where you thought you couldn't yeah, make another step but some way and somehow God renewed your strength are y'all hearing me when I could not make it on my own God popped in are y'all hearing me Old folks said uh, that he props me up uh, on every uh, leaning side. Y'all ain't hearing me. God always comes uh, to the aid of his children. He always comes uh, to the aid of his children. 100% uh, of the time, God will uh, come to your rescue. Yeah. There's only one catch, and I'm almost through. God will come through yeah, every time. But one more catch out of the word of God, and here is a catch. You got to wait on it. It's right there in the book. You got to wait on it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they will mount up on wings as eagles they will run and not get weary they will walk and not faint you gotta wait gotta wait on the Lord well I'm through now I'm through now but before I sit down, I need to talk to you about waiting on the Lord. I need to talk to you about how to wait. Y'all ain't hearing me. How to wait on the Lord. When I say wait on the Lord, I'm not saying go somewhere and sit down and wait. For the Lord to show up when I say wait on the Lord it's another kind of wait when you leave here in a little while you're gonna leave and go down to Magnolia house you're gonna leave and go down to Longhorns and somebody's gonna come up to you and they're gonna say to you I am your waiter Y'all ain't hearing me. 
In other words, they're saying, I'm here to serve you. Y'all ain't hearing me. When the Bible says, wait on the law, that means go somewhere and sit down. It means serve. Are y'all hearing me? You got to learn how to serve. We just got through singing. I promised him that I would serve him till I die. Y'all ain't hearing me. Let me show it to you. Philippians 2 says, Jesus, though in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And according to the word of God, he served. He came to serve you. He came to serve me. He served all the way to the cross. Are y'all hearing me? And it was at the cross where he suffered and he bled and he died. But it was also at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart roll away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And right now I'm happy all the day. He went to the cross and he died for the sins of the world. But the good news is that he died, but he ain't dead. Y'all ain't hearing me. I say he died, but he ain't dead. Because early Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with all power, all power, all power is in his hand. Yes, yes, yes. Wait on the Lord. That wait upon the Lord. I know you feel like you're at the end of your rope. Can't take no more bad news. Matter of fact, you just turn the TV off. Don't want to see no more. I come by to tell you to wait on. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he will. I wonder if I got one witness in the house. He will. Wait on him. And be of good courage. He will strengthen thine heart. I just want to encourage God's people today. We're living in a tedious kind of time. And I know that Somehow, even every day, you're just wondering when this is going to be over. When is all of this evil that we're witnessing, when, when will it come to an end? I just come to tell you, wait on the Lord. And be 
of good courage. He will strengthen thine heart. I can't speak for anybody else, but I don't fear any man. I fear no man. I fear no man. I will stand for him because he stood for me. My faith still looks up. I can't afford to get caught up in what's going on around us. I, I really can't afford to let it take my mind away. I trust in God. Wherever I may be. Upon the land. On the stormy sea. Oh, come what may from day to day. Here's a shout right here. My heavenly father. My heavenly father watches over me. You go to bed and go to sleep. <laughs> Are y'all hear me? Behold, he that keeps Israel, he never slumbers and he never sleeps. And I made up my mind. It just don't make sense for everybody to stay up. I trust in God wherever I may be upon the land or on the rolling sea. From day to
know he cares for me. On mountain peaks or on the stormy Jesus to be one of his disciples that we serve a God who has all power in his hand and if in life you feel wearied and have no strength right from the word of God it has been declared today that the same God who has eternity in his hands can pour strength in you. So it's now time to come. Bible declares that if you believe that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead, and if you confess that with your mouth and believe it in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so, the invitation is to you now to come. Come on and give your life to him. Give your life to the Lord who will mount you up with wings like an eagle, who will allow you to be able to run and not grow weary to walk and not faint. Now the invitation is also to you who, if you don't have a church home, and you have been weary in this life, you've come to a new place, and you don't feel like you're connected, Salem Church will connect you back to your Lord. Come on, somebody. I'll trust him in the Lord. Come on, come on. Until I, I die. Oh, come give your life. Oh, I, I will trust in the Lord. Oh, I, I will. Trust. Come on, come on, it's still time. In, in 
the Lord, I will trust, trust in, in the Lord until I die, until I die. Oh yes, I am going to stay on the the bed. Come on, the field. I'm going to stay on the battlefield. Oh, I'm I'm going to stay on the battlefield until I die. Oh yes, I. Oh, you may be seated. Stay on. Battle be until I die. Oh yes, oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to treat everybody everybody right I'm I'm gonna treat everybody right I'm going to treat every everybody right Everybody, everybody right until I die. Oh Lord, oh Lord, it's time now for us to go to the Lord's table. I feel like it's no better time than right now as our officers to come. We'll have our own deacon, Bobby Hagans, to take us to the throne of grace. Until I die. Father God, that you don't get weary, Father God. Uh, 
we thank you, Father God, that you continue to renew our strength, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you gave your only begotten son, Father God, and that he hung, bled, and died for our sins, Father God. And we come now, Father God, just to remember what he did some 2,000 years ago, Father God. We love you so much. We adore you so much. This is your servant's prayer. Amen. Communion, sweet communion, to fellowship with you. It's what we long to do. Communion. Holy communion. Lord, we long to commune with you. Communion. 
Jesus shed for me. Way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, never lose. Oh, you can lift your voice, lift your voice. The blood, the blood.
Before he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, said, This is my body, take and eat. After which he took the cup and says, This is the new covenant, the new testament in my blood. Take and drink ye all of it. And as often as you do this, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. And my brothers and my sisters, we live in the blessed assurance that Jesus is coming back. I say Jesus is coming. Anybody glad about that? He's coming. Just a few more risings and settings of the sun. He's coming back to gather his own. And we'll be caught up in the air. Deacon Bailey saying. <laughs> Caught up. Okay, same, same. One day, 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 I'm going where Jesus is. One day, one day, I'm going where.
What a day, what a day. What a day, what a day. Yeah. Great supply. Come back together. His own. We're on our way out now. I do want to just thank God. Isn't it good to see Art back? Amen. Just bless the Lord. We're just so happy to see Art back in place. God be with you till we meet again. ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.